Today, we have an episode of Ask Rachel here on the podcast, and I take three random questions from three completely different people who don't know each other, but they are all essentially asking the same thing. How can I connect to a place of self-worth without the doing, without having to be productive, without having to be a good girl? How can I allow myself to rest in the knowing that I am enough the way I am without having to run a hundred miles per hour against the clock to prove it to the rest of the world? This episode really is one about rest, about leaning into our feminine, about finding our best self and really figuring out what she needs in this moment. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Hello, my people, my friends. Hi, it's time for a brand new episode of the pod. It is also the last episode coming to you from the Maldives. I definitely recorded more episodes from here than I thought I would. <laughs> I was supposed to just record one and then I would be back home on a Wednesday and record on a Thursday and that was it. And now here I am recording my third week of podcasts. I just really wasn't ready to leave the beach. <laughs> I, uh, oh, it's our last day of this trip today. We're actually getting on a boat in just a couple of hours. It's Thanksgiving week in the US and we have our production team who produces this pod. They do an amazing job every week. They are all in the US and I want to get this pod their way before everybody goes on holiday. So I thought I would just sit down before jumping on the boat to, to tune in and to talk to you. Also feels like a good closing somehow of this of this trip and this journey. Just yeah, getting to share some of my gratitude and thoughts. We uh, have an episode of Ask Rachel today on the show, so I've taken some questions from you. Um, most of them came in just this morning, actually, or just today. So um, as usual, we will see where this episode takes us. But before I take our first question, you know, I'm sitting here right now looking out at the ocean 
It's been raining today. You might hear a little bit of rain in the background. I don't know how much this mic is going to pick up, but feels like a good time to go home. I do have that feeling, you know, end of a really good vacation. I actually can't remember. I can't remember the last time I went somewhere and didn't want to leave. Like I'm such a homebody. I really love being home. I love our routine, especially with a baby, you know, going places is yeah, it's a can be a bit of a of a challenge, right? And now we just got here and it's been so wonderful. Such time to bond with family, both my blood family, you know, my dad and everybody on his side of the family. And then just having this last week, me, Dennis, Finn and Leia. It's been so beautiful. I really am truly so grateful that we got to spend all this time and in such a beautiful place. I uh, will forever and always recommend this as this amazing, amazing vacation destination. I truly wish if we had a couple of more weeks, we are so close to India. I would love to spend, you know, that's what I would recommend for anyone coming here. It's like, make it a longer trip, hop over to India or go to Sri Lanka, go to Bali. Like there's so many places you can explore that are not too far away from here. And um yeah, I feel like I'm I'm almost tapping into my 20-year-old self because this is how I used to travel. I would go someplace, usually to teach yoga or to explore something, and then I'd be like, oh, but this was so beautiful. Let's hang out here because I had no responsibilities whatsoever. Or I would, you know, hear about another amazing place somewhere not too far away, and I'd be like, oh, let's go over there. Let's figure that out and then live on the beach and do the whole thing. It's felt good just to be traveling a little bit. It's been so long. So yeah, and actually going home now, we're kind of getting back home with a different version of Bear. (laughs) Like when we left, the baby didn't, he flipped front to back, you know, he he did the flipping thing. He could kind of drag himself, but like very, not really, he wasn't mobile by any means, you know. And now this kid is basically crawling. Like he's not smoothly hands and knees, like quickly crawling from one end of the room to the other, but he he's definitely like he's he's crawling, he's figuring it out right now. He goes from the edge of one bed of the bed to the other edge in a second. You can't leave him anywhere. It's kind of fun because for the rest of his life, I think we can say he learned how to crawl in the Maldives, which is really cool. I had that when I was little. I learned how to crawl in Tobago, I think, Trinidad, Tobago. And then I learned how to walk when we were in St. Lucia, I think. It's always been one of those things that my parents used to tell me growing up. You know, we travel a lot when you were little and you learn how to do this in that country and how to do that in that country. And I always thought it was so cool (laughs) when I was a, a baby, having seen all those places, even though I can't, of course, can't remember any of it. But yeah, I think for the rest of his life, Bear can remember that he... He can remember the memory that we have of him learning how to crawl in the Maldives, which has been cool. But it means when we get home... And this just really struck me today. Like, I'm going to have to baby-proof the house. (laughs) It's been before we left. I could leave him on the bathroom floor while I took a shower. And he would just lie there kind of talking to me, smiling. Like, that's over. No way. That's not going to happen. I used to, I could leave him on the play mat while I cooked dinner. Like, that's over. That's not going to happen. I need to put it, you know, we need to put up these gates. We have a really dangerous staircase and all of these drawers that he's going to start pulling out now. And he's going to start eating dog food. I mean, all of this, there's a whole new chapter of parenting, right? As soon as your baby starts moving, 
which is so fun and so exciting and also just a different pace. So yeah, I'm excited to, to get home with crawling there. And I asked Leia today how she feels. I said, do you want to stay in the Maldives or do you want to go home? And she had to really think about it. And she said, you know, I would like to stay in the Maldives, but my friend Mia is going to be on the same plane and I really want to be on the plane next to her. So I'm excited we're going home. She made a new friend from Slovakia who's nine years old. Leia always bonds so well with older kids and she happens to be on the same plane as us. So she's just so excited to be with her and yeah, she's also really blossomed on this trip. I don't know if blossomed is the right word. She's always blooming, this kid. Just so social. I mean, we we meet people constantly just thanks to her because she's just <laughs> introducing us to every single person we come across. And um, yeah, and I think even Dennis, like he's had such a good trip. He actually agreed to come on the podcast next week. I just knocked on wood, <laughs> hoping he won't cancel on us. It's been so long since he was on the pod and um, yeah, he's excited to come on. He's had a really good trip. He said he felt really at home. It's been good to just be in board shorts and barefoot again, but he's also really excited. He wants to go home. Like he's ready to go back to Sweden and get back to work and the many things that he's up to right now. So yeah, I think we are a family of four just ready to get back to some sort of routine. It's going to be Christmas soon. I hear it's snowing in Sweden right now. So um, yeah, just gratitude all around. Now, um, I'm really excited to hear what kind of questions we got um, today. I just did a little call out for them yesterday. And so many of you called in with so many questions right away. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So, um, yeah, let's just take our first one and let's see where this takes us. Hi, Rachel. My name is Allison. I am... A 30-year-old Libra, um, I am in this phase of my life where I am really loving my career and working my way up the chain, um, and I have definitely succeeded. I am definitely on my way up, but it seems as though the further up I get, 
the less work-life balance I have. And I am curious as to how you personally deal with this. I truly, truly love my job and my career, and it is great. And I love that I can do what I love. It's just I have a hard time, one, leaving work. And when I do leave work, uh, I also have a hard time turning it off. I can leave work, go home, open my laptop, and keep it going. And it's exhausting. (laughs) And I I just kind of want some words of wisdom of how you deal with this and how how you keep balance in your life, not only for yourself, but for your family and your friends. Thank you for your time, Rachel. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Oh, hi, Allison. Hi, fellow Libra. Oh, you know, I can kind of hear a little bit of the tiredness in your voice just asking me this question or just sharing your story. And I uh, I recognize it really, really deeply. I feel that visceral just remembrance of having had very long seasons of that in my own life. And definitely having had a lot of my own sense of self-worth wrapped up in the idea of work, wrapped up in what I was able to produce. And also my whole life, I, I, I've had this, you know, I want to, I, I, w- I really love a pat on the back, right? I really love to hear from other people, good job, or wow, you're taking on so much, or wow, this thing you've created, how amazing is that? I never had an internal sense of self-worth growing up, but I really had to receive it from other people and had to receive it from a sense of gratification from having done good or having produced a lot or having performed well. And uh, it really took for me just a lot of inner work that was not fun for most of the time. It wasn't this butterflies and rainbows kind of journey, but a lot of inner work that forced me to question, first of all, whether or not this identity that I was really wrapped up in, which was, I'm a person who works all the time. I'm a person who gets everything done. I'm a person who puts work first. I it, Whether or not that actually was me, is that person me, or is it a personality trait that I've picked up throughout the years to keep myself separate or to keep myself protected. And for a long time, you know, putting work first, putting work above everything else, putting myself on that pedestal of I am a person who works all the time and I'm so important because that was also part of it. I felt very important all the time. The busier I was, the more important I felt. And also the busier I was, the more I was celebrated by people around me and by society and by people on social media, because we do glamorize this culture of success and hustling and getting things done and entrepreneurship and climbing the career ladder and and all of this, like doing that, we very rarely hear like, hey, are you okay? Or, you know, are you sure this is what you want? Or is this okay for you and your mental health? Or, you know, no one really questions that. People tend to question the other way around. And uh, for me, it took a, a, it took a burnout fully. And I still kind of am, am lingering in that space a little bit. 
I never arrived at a place where I felt like I had absolute clarity of, okay, well, here's this journey I was on, which was career, which was success, which was to make money, to grow something as big, as quickly as I possibly could, and to work all the time. And then I never arrived at a place where I just had the clarity of, okay, well, I'm going to quit this now and close all these doors and then just stop and then open up this new chapter of my life or open up this new version of me. I kind of feel like I just sort of, (laughs) like I'm still in the morphing phase. I'm still in the undecided place of, I don't really know who I am after that. Um, Because I think somewhere inside, like I'm always going to be the person who thrives doing a lot of things. I'm going to be a person who thrives feeling purposeful in my work. But what I realized is that work for me is, it's not more important than family. It's not more important than my well-being. It's not more important than my role as a mother or a friend it's not more important than all these other versions of me that I also hold really close. So I, I, I honestly, you know, I'm, I'm still in that place of looking for clarity here, as I'm sure you can tell. But if you are in a place where you feel like it's hard to turn off, right? Because I can recognize that, that feeling of, okay, I'm done with work now, coming home from the thing and then opening the laptop, Like I used to do that all the time. I I would come home from a huge tour or a crazy work trip or a crazy thing where I was just on, on, on nonstop or come home from a really busy day of working all day and then have dinner and then open my laptop and just keep going. You know, there was never that, well, here everything ends and now this other part of the day begins, which should be essentially, you know, if we want to feel good and, and have a sense of balance and not burn out or get sick should be rest, right? should be play, should be family, should be softness, should be creativity, should be nature, should be yoga, should be whatever thing fills your cup, right? But if we come home from work and we pick work back up, work becomes the thing that we live and breathe. And I really do believe that is, it's going to end eventually, you know, eventually we get to a point where that just doesn't work. And it's either going to be us having the realization that it doesn't work and then changing something or making different choices for ourselves. Or if not, it's going to be life doing that for us. And usually then it's not like a little nudge, but it's like a brick in the head, you know, of, yeah, our body just shutting down or showing symptoms of, of not haven't been taken care of enough or relationships breaking down. Same thing, our relationships, if we don't take care of them and tend to them and nourish them, they do break down and people will, will tire, right? So I, um, and even as I say this, I can kind of miss that version of me a little bit, just I think because it felt so good to feel so important all the time. And I say that, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing to say that actually, but I don't feel any shame or embarrassment around it. But I really had that feeling of like when we would, for instance, we would come to Sweden on a trip and we would only go to Sweden if I had something, like I had something work related to do there. We never went to Sweden just to hang out or enjoy. It was always, oh, I have a class or I have a retreat or I have a book I'm writing or selling or something. And then all of my friends would meet up and we would, you know, 
do do stuff like for dinner or and I, these are people I hadn't seen in a long time and I would have this idea in the back of my mind but I'm busier than them right like I can't come to all these things I can't hang out all the time I'm busier than them like they all have jobs right and I really had that thought like even though they all had jobs and families and careers and you know there's no difference like we all juggle these things I genuinely had the idea that I was somehow busier so I was the one who always would turn things down and, and I, w- I wasn't able to come. And they should all understand that, right? Fully. They should all just always understand that I'm a little bit busier than everybody else. Maybe I even thought I was a little bit more important, <laughs> which is a really embarrassing thing to admit. But that's how wrapped up I was in the idea of success and work and how much I really felt that gratification of I'm getting things done. Even though little by little, you know, those relationships all suffered, those friendships all suffered. And I've had to repair a lot of them, you know, throughout the past few years. My health suffered. My role as a mother suffered. I mean, I can really count. I can't count on my two hands the many things that suffered because I put work above everything else. And I really wish that instead of having to receive that brick in the head of burnout, which then came wrapped up in COVID, you know, which changed everything anyway. I really wish I would have had that gentler realization or that I would have been able to listen to the many signs that came my way before burnout showed up because I would have been able to make just gentler shifts in my life. That brick in the head was really hard to deal with. It took years to heal. I actually saw a healer just not so long ago, someone I'd never met. It was actually someone who came for bear. Um, I did an osteopath. Is that the word in English? I think so. Yeah, we had an osteopathic treatment um, a couple months ago. And this guy who doesn't know me, I've never met him. He was just doing a little reading on my body. And he goes, Oh, have you ever had a did you ever have you ever ever had a burnout? And I go, Oh, yeah, but that was like so long ago. You know, it was like 2019, you know, ages ago. And he goes, Oh, well, you haven't recovered from that. And I went, of course I have. I mean, I really thought I had, you know, look at my life now. It's so calm. I live in the woods. I work very little compared to how I used to work, where I work in a more sensible way. And, you know, I, everything is so different now. And he said this thing that really stuck with me, which was, well, how many years do you think it took for your body to arrive at the state of burning out? That burnout didn't happen overnight. It wasn't something that happened in a week or in a month or in a year, right? It was years of years of years of running really fast against the clock. Years and years and years of keeping my laptop in my face, you know, 11 p.m. at night instead of going to bed. It was years of that. And when he said that, it really just, I don't know, it landed in me in a different way. And then he said, well, it's going to take the same amount of years that it took for you to burn out to heal, for, for the body to heal in all the ways it needs to heal. And, uh, and I think he's so right about that. And I do still have that feeling of, I am not fully able to initiate big projects. I'm not fully able to, you know, I have an idea for a business right now that I've sat with for a while. I don't have what feel, I really don't feel like I have the ability and the energy to pick it up and run with it the way I would need to as an entrepreneur. And I'm not going to step back into anything that feels like a race ever again. And I'm probably going to have to wait a while before I take on bigger, heavier projects because I'm still suffering the effects of that burnout 
so many years ago, right? Four years ago, feels like forever ago. And all this to say, you know, I really do believe that if we make gradual changes, gently, softly, if we listen to that voice inside, because there is something inside of you that wants a change, otherwise you wouldn't be calling in with this question, right? You wouldn't be pondering this. You know already you're really tired. You know already you're having a hard time finding balance. You know already you're longing for balance. And you also know you love your job, right? So there is a risk if we ignore all these signs, if we don't listen, if we don't make those subtle changes, that at the end of pushing too hard for too long, you lose the job. Not from, you know, getting fired or anything like that, but like you lose the ability to continue the career that you love so much. Maybe you will get to a point the way I did, where one day you're just too tired, where one day your system is just too overwhelmed right? And you don't want that. You don't want that for a career you worked so hard at. You don't want that for a job you really, really, really love. And I bet you want the balance, right? You want to feel good in your body. You want to honor and cherish and spend energy on the relationships you have in your life that really matter. There's other things that mean a lot to you that maybe you are yet to discover, right? So... I would, first of all, I think rather than just, okay, setting boundaries, which is stuff I tried for years. Okay, when I come home, you know, no computer, no phone, no social media. Like I would do these little windows for myself of when I'm allowed to do things that felt like work, which for me was hard because I also worked with my husband and I also worked with social media. So I had my phone in my face all the time, all those things. I found that that would work for a while. Um, you know, having boundaries around, okay, I'm not going to open my laptop when I get home. Work ends here. And even if it means for the rest of the day, I'm sitting here staring into a wall or I'm lying on the couch watching Netflix or whatever. It doesn't have to be that I have to do something else that feels productive because that that's what I would do. I would trade work for some other kind of work because <laughs> I had to keep moving, right? So I think doing those things, they might work for a little bit, but what we really need to do is investigate what is it inside of us that makes it so challenging to switch off in the first place? And what about this identity that we have around having to produce and whether or not it is wrapped up in our sense of self-worth? That is so worthy of investigation and contemplation and probably some therapy and some healing, right? I'm sure you can tell it's pouring rain outside. That's the sound in the background, just so you know. Because, you know, the truth is, and this is true for all of us, but it took me a really long time to realize, and I still have to get back to places where I remind myself of this, that I am lovable also on the couch, <laughs> that I am lovable also when I'm sick, I am lovable and worthy of love and joy and abundance and support when I am useless, Really, and I, I feel like a resonance of emotion rise up in the back of my throat when I say that because a part of me still doesn't really believe it. I will probably for the rest of my life having to make a little bit of an effort to live a life that aligns me with a place of softness and not a life where I am running against the clock as fast as I can to show the world how good I am and how good of a job I can do at everything all the time. Like, I am worthy of love when I am useless, when I'm just doing absolutely nothing, when I'm not providing anything good for anyone. I'm still worthy of love in that moment. Whew. 
You know, I really, I feel the truth of that and I feel the resistance to the truth of that inside of me at the same time. So my love, my fellow Libra, I, uh, I'm sorry to say, but I really think the answer to this question is therapy. And not sorry to say, therapy's awesome. Um, maybe you're already exploring that, I don't know, but there are so many modalities of it. I would recommend something that's a little bit more somatic, something that really connects to the body. Yeah, something I recommend all the time constantly for people who are ready is a path of love process, which is a beautiful retreat where you go for eight days and you get to be showered with the support that you need to work through whatever is wanting to be worked through inside. Um, yeah, regular talk therapy is good too. Thank you so much for asking this question. I hope you're able to give yourself some space to rest today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's take the next one. I have recently learned that I am someone who doesn't stop doing and I think that I earn my love by doing and I have been told by many different inputs um, at work, my partner, friends, that I need to do less and stop saying yes. And I think you've crossed that bridge to a point, and I'm wondering how you do that. How do you do less? I mean, even as I'm trying to do less, I'm trying to figure out how to do more. Um, how do you do less and get past, you know, that the whole receiving love thing by not doing anything. All right. Thank you. Wow. This is, I'm sitting here smiling because these, <laughs> these questions are basically the same. <laughs> I mean, they're different a bit, but they are so the same. I really love how we're so aligned so often, you know, how we're experiencing so many of the same things. And, um, I'll answer this, even though I've answered it quite a bit in the prior question, just by, by letting us tune in a little bit more to the things that we don't put in the bucket of work. Because this is really important for all of us type A people, all of us doers, and all of us who confuse self-worth with doing, right? Um, and there's so many of us out there, and I also think this is so, it's also part of, it's also part of how we're raised. It's also part of how society talks to women, you know, we are really conditioned to prove that we're a good, we're good girls, right? We're good girls. We're getting all A's. We're keeping our room tidy. We are polite. We're doing, you know, learning the things that we're supposed to learn. We're out there in the world, like doing it all, right? We're doing the mothering thing and we're doing the career thing and we're doing the friendship thing and we're doing all the things all at the same time while maintaining this perfect body. And like, it's it, the list is so long for all the things that we have been told that we need to do to be good. Whereas I think society is much more forgiving toward men. It's easier for a man. I mean, men literally get to roll out of bed, no shaving of their legs, no putting on makeup, no 
doing their hair, like no, they can just literally, I look at my husband, that, I almost said that motherfucker, that guy rolls out of bed every day, throws on a t-shirt and he just, and he's out the door and that's it. And he doesn't, you know, walk out in the world feeling like, oh, I didn't do my face today. I, I didn't put on my makeup. What if I meet someone and they, and they, and they look at me like, you know, I'm not as pretty as I'm supposed to be today. I'm not as put together as I'm supposed to be. He doesn't like on this vacation we're on right now, he doesn't walk down the beach like, oh, I forgot to shave my legs. What if someone looks at me weird or I didn't shave my armpits today or I didn't exfoliate or no, men just get to exist in their bodies. Whereas we are told since from a really young age, all the many things that we have to do to look good, to be seen as good and put together, just to exist, right? Just to walk out and go to the grocery store. Like we have to do a whole other set of things. So I really do believe that there is just from looking, being looked at with that energy of having to do to be worthy, having to do to be good versus just being and you're good anyway. It's deep. It really is. It runs deep, very, very, very deep. And I think for many of us, we channel that doing through work, right, through our careers. And then we find ourselves in a place where we realize, oh, that's, that's not working for us. Like we burn out or, you know, like our Libra friend in the last question, you know, asking about how do I turn off? All of a sudden, I don't know how to switch work off. And if we don't know how to switch work off, how could we possibly be present enough for intimacy and for our loving relationships and as parents and spouses and just also for ourselves in the quiet places, right? So what happened for me, and I so remember this, you know, 2019, I had my burnout, led into COVID. All of a sudden, there was no more work. And that's not true even because, of course, there was more work. We had... We had at the time 45 employees that we were juggling. We had a lot of big, big projects and big companies and big things. And then COVID came and it came with chaos. It wasn't like work stop. But what stopped was, oh, I don't go into work anymore. Oh, I'm not out there teaching all of the groups and the things that I was really busy with all the time. That stopped. And the first thing I did was, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to do all of this online now in a really big way. Because like I have nothing to do, right? I, I don't have any groups or anything. No studio to tend to. I don't have anything. So we're going to do this online. So I did these daily check-ins and daily meditations and daily practices live, which I told myself, well, that's not work. That's just like, I love sitting here talking to people. I love connecting. I need this for my own sanity. Every single day I was live and that was a whole production setup, right? With a, a little one, like a two-year-old or th she was almost three then at home and Dennis and all this stuff. And then that after a few months, I, I kind of realized, okay, well, that's not sustainable. I can't like be live on the internet teaching every day. Like, no, I'm going to stop that. And then something else and then that stopped. And it was kind of like this gradual thing that I think a lot of us experienced during the pandemic. And if it wasn't for the fact that before the pandemic happened, I had made this sweeping decision to stop working. That was for a whole year. I had told the whole world for a whole year, I'm not going to stop. This is my last one. I'm going to take a year off. So I really had scaled back to the point of getting to a place in the pandemic where all of a sudden things got really quiet. And they got quiet in a sense of I didn't have to, I didn't have to force 
you know, force my business to stay open or force people to keep booking things with me. Like I really could just stop. And the moment I did, and this was like halfway through the pandemic, a couple months into the pandemic, and uh, I realized, okay, well, look at all these things I can get done now. That was my first big thing. Like just with all this time now, I have no more work. So we're going to renovate this house. Yeah, for sure. We're going to renovate this room up here. I'm going to make myself a new office so that when I get back to work, I have this amazing office just for me. Oh yeah, we should we should start a vegetable garden from scratch. Like that seems sensible. <laughs> Out of me just poured project after project after project, right? And I can laugh at it now, but it was so so easy to see now that the same energy that I brought to career, to work, to the company, I I didn't I didn't turn that off in any way. It was just the exteriors, you know, the the logistics of that slowed down. But I was able to immediately find new things to put the same energy towards. So I was still never still, right? Never slowing down. I just got busy with other things. And that feeling of, oh, I did this. Oh, it looks good. I did this. Oh, it's organized. I did this. Now we have vegetables. It's still a doing. And of course, it's a different kind of doing. And I I feel proud that I was able to make that switch spending time with your hands in the soil in the doing of creating a garden it's it's different than staring at a screen at 11 p.m and, and doing that all day you know it's, it's different it's better but I still hadn't arrived at that understanding of what is it I'm running toward or what is it I'm running from because I'm running I'm waking up every morning I'm still running I don't have that same clear goal anymore around career or what I'm doing or where I'm going without running I'm still just running every day and what I found was the more time I spent doing the simpler things, but letting myself be in the doing, not trying to turn it off, not trying to sit on my hands or all of a sudden I'm going to change completely and be this kind of person who can just lie in a hammock all day. I've never been that person. I don't think I will be that person. But I started switching out the doing for things that put me in a place where I could breathe a little bit slower like the gardening, for example. And I found that the more I did that, the more I channeled my doing into things that brought me closer to nature, by the nature of the doing, if that makes sense, the deeper I could breathe. And for me, the gardening really was one of those things that started out as a big mental project to keep me very busy, a boxes I wanted to check. It came out of fear. I wanted food for myself. It didn't come from this like spiritual oh, I want to connect with the earth or I want to slow down or no, it came from this type A, oh my God, I have to keep going kind of thing. But then from the practice of keeping my hands in the soil every single day, something started to shift. And I really do believe in channeling our doing in places that are softer, right? Channeling our doing in energies that are more accepting, more receiving, gentler. Um, like if we're you know, really focused on our careers, but we're working in a really hostile environment or we're working in a space where we don't feel supported or we're trying to fight our way up a mountain that's just, you know, it's really hard for us to climb. Maybe there is a version of doing and a version of that work that can be found in a softer way, in a gentler way. Maybe another company that's a little bit more inviting or something run by women or, you know, working for yourself in another way. Maybe there is a redirect where you're still doing the doing, but you can do it in a softer way. 
or where you can channel that doing the way I did into projects and things that are a little bit more grounded. And then along with that, you know, we have to do the inner work of what is the wound here that led you to be this confused? Because it's a confusion. It's a limiting belief that we're not worthy if we're not doing. And it's one that that goes so deep, it's going to take a lot of continuous dismantling and understanding to arrive at a place where we can all of a sudden put that down or all of a sudden relax from that thought, even if it's just a little bit. And for me, it really was around understanding how all throughout my life and from age younger than Leia, truly, like I can remember being four or five years old, having to be a good girl, having to take care of the family, having to be the one to, or confused, thinking I was the one who was in charge of moving the family forward. If I didn't wake up in the morning and make breakfast, no one would make breakfast. I was convinced that that was the case. And all of this, of course, rooted in trauma, rooted in fear, rooted in abandonment, rooted in, in so much. And I had to really go back and see myself as that little child and hold myself as that young child and talk to my inner child and comfort her and let her know, you know what? It's not your job to keep the whole world spinning. It's not. You know, the same way it's not Leah's job to keep the family together. It was never my job to keep the family together. I thought it was, but it wasn't. And I did a really good job when I had to at that time to keep things together. But we're safe now. We're not in that place anymore. We're not in that scary, scary place. We're in a safe place now. And the more of that work that I did, the more I found just my shoulders beginning to soften more and more. All of a sudden, tea came into my life. All of a sudden, different forms, different practices of meditation came into my life. All of a sudden, a connection with nature showed up in a more integrated way in my life. And one day, and I remember this so clearly, crystal clear, I woke up in the morning. I think I fed the dogs or walked the dogs. I did my little morning thing and made Leah breakfast and she was content and everybody, everything, everybody was fine. Everybody was just content. And I stood there in the kitchen and I had the thought, what now? It was just that. It was just that thought. What now? What am I going to fill this next space of time with? What now? And upon hearing that thought inside of my own brain, I all of a sudden, all in one moment, realized I have never had that experience in my entire life. I have never had a moment of time, a moment of peace big enough open up in my life where I actually had an active choice to go, what am I going to do next? But my whole life was just made up of moment to moment to moment to moment of doing. After this, I got to do this. And when this is done, I got to do that. And when that's done, I got to do this. And then I got to clean this and organize that and fix that and answer that email and call that person and post that thing on Instagram. And my whole life was like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there I was, everything was just normal and fine and quiet. And my brain went, what, what now? And in that breath came, in that moment came a giant breath, just like a, the deepest breath ever where I realized, what now? Well, nothing, nothing can be an answer to what now? I can sit here and drink my tea, you know, <laughs> I can stand here and look at my beautiful life. I can... I, I, what now? It's like whatever I want it to be. 
And that I really think was the beginning of me making that real change in my life of what now? I no longer accept a life where I don't have the continuous ability to ask myself that question. What now? What next? What am I choosing to do with my time? I don't want to live a life where I feel like I don't have a choice anymore, where everything is just a freight train going a thousand miles per hour of doing. It's in that window of what now that the magic happens. The things that are not planned, the things that are not organized, the things that are not on a to-do list, the things that are not things I have to get done. Like that's where the magic and the beauty of life actually exists. And I need my life to be made up of those moments. And then the work and the doing can kind of support that, can be the structure that holds that ability for me to sit and go, what now? So yes, of course, I have to keep working and I have to keep doing, but I don't want to live that life where that's everything. And yeah, it's not easy. And this is coming from someone who's literally on vacation, you know, <laughs> living the easiest life, living, you know, such blessings and such privilege. It is still in me. Like I had this yesterday, <laughs> just like a tiny example of our days here. We're coming from the pool, Bear is asleep. We have a window of an hour before we have to be at dinner and it's vacation time, right? There's nothing to do. There's no worry. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing to do, right? It's just vacation. And my brain immediately goes, okay, well, I want Leia in the shower. I want her to take a bath because she's been in the pool all day. Bear is sleeping. Everyone needs to be quiet. I want to lay out his clothes so that he's ready for dinner. And like Dennis is going to take forever in the bathroom. He always does. So I'm like asking him, are you ready for dinner? Are you, you know, and then what am I going to wear? Do we, is that clean? Should I, should, should I start packing for, for when we're leaving? My brain is, is this on vacation. That is my vacation brain. And then Dennis goes, hey, how about you just like sit over there and you read your book? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that. Yes, yes, I can just sit over there and read my book. Okay. <laughs> and I go over there and there's a part of me that like, oh, but I like everything more organized. I want everybody ready because when Bear wakes up, you know, we can just kind of rush and we can be out the door and we won't be late. And then it's just like, we're not going to be late. All of that will happen. And you still have 45 minutes right now to read your book while your baby naps. And I go, yeah. Yes, yes. And it's so just, it's just proves the point for me that my busyness is not external. My busyness, my doing doesn't come from the career, the work, the performance, the being important, the, you know, all of those ideas I've had about who I thought I was. My busyness comes from inside. And the place to fix it is on the inside. And then we want our actions throughout the day to support the inside. But thinking that, hey, if I quit my job, life will be more peaceful. No, probably not. You know, we have to really start within. So thank you for asking a question that is so very much aligned with <laughs> my own life. I hope uh, these answers made some sense. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, 
so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think we have time for one last question. Hi, Rachel. Um, my sister and I are your biggest fans. Um, I'm 25 years old right now, and I've been following you on Instagram since I was 15. Um, and I actually came across you right after your the tragic death of your best friend and your long paragraphs about grief back when Instagram was only one picture and huge captions really made me relate to you. And my sister, my little sister, who refuses to read books, has read your book, Love and Let Go. So, to Love and Let Go. So, you mean a lot to us. And I just want to ask, in, you know, the world is such a nasty place and living life can be really, really hard among even all the beautiful things and the great things. And I just want to ask how you stay motivated on a personal level to be like the best version of yourself that you can be. Because for me and my own hardships and, you know, the world, the way that it is, it's just hard to always, you know, be the most productive and, you know, best version of myself. And I feel like you've achieved so much and you have such a great soul. And I just, I want to be able to do all those things, you know? So I guess just, what's your secret (laughs) and um thank you oh my darling hi oh I'm almost uh, crying now (laughs) thank you thank you so much for calling in thank you so much for following along for such a long time that is wild if you've been you've been here since you were 15 and now you're 25 how old does that make me oh my god And I just think it's so beautiful that you're calling in with this question because it weaves perfectly together with the two questions that I just answered prior to this one. We're all just in the same place. I just, that really, it makes me feel so comforted when you call in with questions and it's what's on my mind and we're all thinking and feeling and somehow in that same energy. So just thanks for making the effort to call. Um... First of all, I want to just catch one of the things that you you said. Uh, you're talking about being your best self. And already hearing you say that, I could feel myself like, oh, I feel a little bit of an edge, just like hearing that spoken, you know, to be our best selves. It's It ties so well in with the idea of being a good girl, being our best selves, And then following that, you said, you know, to be as productive as I can be. Because, of course, that's how we look at our best selves. That's how most of us see ourselves as our best selves. It's when we are the most productive, when we are as productive as we can be. And how can we be our best selves and be as productive as we can be in a world that is literally on fucking fire? (sighs) So the answer to that is, is, first of all, being our best selves actually is not our most productive selves. And one of the most important things I think we can do to support the world, to support coming generations, to support the women and the girls that are going to come after us, is to, to try to figure out a way to get that whole idea to just fuck right off. <laughs> Truly. Truly. 
you know, if, if, I, if I hold the image of, of my daughter in my heart and I look at her as 15, as 25, as 35, and I, and I think of her best self, I, don't, I know in my core her best self is not going to be her most productive self. It's not going to be the version of her that gets the most things done, that gets promoted the most at work, that gets the most A's on all of her tests in school, that keeps her room the tidiest, you know, that keeps everything organized and together. It's not going to be the version of her that makes the most money, that takes care of the most people. Like that is not that is not that. Her best self, your best self, my best self is the version of us that is most authentic to who we are. And the version of us that is the most authentic to who we are, I think, is closer to who we were when we were like Leia's age, like when we were six. Think back at yourself at six years old. What was your best self at six? Like, what did she like to do? How did she wake up in the morning? Like, well, how did she look at the world? And I look at Leia and I can really cry just seeing the image of her in my mind's eye right now. But she, she's living her best self by just being who she is. And by getting out there into the world and exploring the world from that place of just wanting to find joy. She wants to play. She wants to be creative. Sometimes she wants to be alone. She wants to sit and, and have things be quiet. She wants to meet new people. She wants to feel her feelings. She wants to be supported and feel safe and be part of the unit of our family. She just wants to exist in her skin, right? Like so far in her life, there's nothing there that has told her or imposed on her. You have to produce you have to be productive. You have to be a good girl. And I know there's only so much I can do to keep that away. I know eventually, and especially as she starts school in this traditional system, and yes, there's going to be eventually in her life, you know, the influence of media and social media already. You know, she's six years old. Friends in her school have, they have phones. And I keep telling her, yeah, you'll get one when you're 16. Like, that's really my delusional thought. But truly, like there's going to be a moment where she starts to get as confused as the rest of us are. I can't shield her from society much longer. You know, I'm going to do the best I can. But I would love for us all to really spend some time just contemplating and getting really clear on who our best self actually is. Like, what does she want to feel as she moves through her day? Really, how does she want to live? If I, if I really tune into that, like my best, best self, and I, it's really easy to get confused with what society has told me. My best self should be like, oh wait, is that my thinnest self? It's when I'm at my thinnest, right? It's also when I'm at my fittest. It's when I'm at my most productive. It's when I'm making the most money. It's when I have the house like totally in order. Everything's clean. It's when I have all my projects flowing. Um, it's when I feel really like purposeful and you know, I feel, I feel good because I'm doing good, like all those things. But, but if I really tune in and I feel into that place of my actual essence, it's like, that's not my best self. That's society's best self. Truly, that's, that's not my best self. Like my best self, when I feel most myself, probably when I'm lying on a blanket in the garden, you know, probably when I'm just reading a book under my favorite maple tree. Probably when I'm with my hands in the dirt, 
you know, transplanting seedlings in the, in, in the garden in spring. Like I really feel like my best self when I have a lot of dirt under my fingernails. I feel like my best self, she really loves to be naked all the time, no matter what her body looks like. Like my best self loves to stand on the dock about to plunge into really cold waters. And she doesn't care if there's people around. She doesn't care about the round of her stomach or, you know, the weight that I carry after pregnancy. Like my best self, she's just like so content in her skin. And yeah, she wants to, you know, nourish her family and nourish herself. And it's not being passive and like never being productive again or never doing again, but it comes from a different place. You know, like I want the house I want the house tidy, but I also want the house to be lived in. Like I don't want it from that place of everything has to be in its perfect place all the time, especially when we have guests. Like, no, my best self, like she's okay with a bit of mess because life's messy. My most productive self is not okay with a mess because everything should be tidy all the time. Otherwise I get stressed, you know? I'm sharing this now because I really think it's worthwhile spending some time tuning in to our highest self and what does she need? What is she asking? What does she want? Like, how does she want to not just work, but like, how does she want to rest? How does she want to play? How does she want to be held? How does she want to laugh? How does she want to connect? Like, what conversations is she having? What is she learning? What is she inspired by? Not just what is she producing? Because that literally, what's that's what productivity means. Like, what are we producing in a day? How are we getting results? I think our, our best selves, like, like she doesn't give a shit about results. She gives a shit about people and about living, about nature, about feeling good in her skin. She cares about humanity. She cares about the world. Um, and right now, you know, the world is on fire. And I feel like it feels like it's been on fire for quite some time. And I think it's so normal to want to counter the chaos of the world by trying to find some something organized in our own spaces. I think it's so natural, so normal that when everything is chaotic around us, when the world is on fire, that we go, okay, wait, how can I be productive? You know, how can I like get everything in order? How can I get organized? How can I be my best self? You know, we're trying to, we're trying to find some semblance of control. And I think the version you know, the version of leadership that we need in the world right now is going to look completely different from what it's looked in the past. And instead of trying to mimic that very patriarchal male thing that we've seen, I think there is a more feminine, softer way to lead. There is a softer way to produce. And I use produce with, you know, little air quotes here. And it's not going to be, you know, do everything the men have done over the past century in the same way, climb the career ladder and do everything while doing all the things that women have done. But maybe something that just looks completely and radically different, a softer way to approach the day, a softer way to approach work, a softer day to approach life. And wanting things to be really rigid and controlled right now is, I think, is a coping mechanism. And we have to really love ourselves through that and ask like it's that is that really what helps to soothe your nervous system most because sometimes it is sometimes doing the things that make us feel like we have control is the only thing that we can to make it through that day when things feel that chaotic but on a larger level on a deeper level our nervous systems are craving something gentler right so I think holding our best selves with so much love and 
recognizing those patterns that we have of productivity and doing, and then actively making the choice to do what's best for our best selves, you know, knowing that she's who she is, like really at her essence. I think that might change how we move through the day. And for many of us, that probably might be like being a lot less productive than we normally are and having to be okay with that, finding ways to be okay with that. Um, lowering that expectation, taking some pressure off. Like the world is on fire, you know, that to-do list that you have, like is it okay if you take half of it off? Save that for another time. Or is it okay if today is the day where you ask for help in that? Or is, is it okay if today is the day where you just completely redefine what it means to have a good life and start focusing on the things that really soothe you, that really help you feel grounded and maybe that means it has to be okay to not meet every deadline or has to be okay when the house is a mess or has to be okay that not everything is perfect all the time. And in the spaces of that, learning to embrace the mess because the feminine is also really messy. I keep trying to just really lean into my feminine side more and it is less rigid. It is more messy. It is less controllable like if we really tune into our most primal wild sides like it's not meant to be tamed I really think there is that untamed side of us and my best self like she is really wild and probably her life is a little bit wilder as well and a little bit messier as well and I just would love for us all to lean into that more and um, to lean on each other more I think that's in all of this, maybe one of the simpler things that we can do to make it through the world being on fire for the fifth time in the past couple of years, that we talk about how we're feeling and that we don't sit with that alone, you know, that we have more conversations about what's happening, more conversations, more sharing, more being seen and heard and more hearing and seeing other people in their experiences too, that we don't make this into something that isolates us more, but that we make this into something that connects us more to each other. So that at the end of the world being on fire, we feel like we have a bigger community rather than feeling like we're isolated and everything around us burnt to the ground. You know, that we reach out and we connect. I, uh, I hope this makes sense. I don't know. Sometimes I answer these questions and I'm like, did I just ramble all the way through that? I just, I feel, I feel you. I really, really, really do. And I bet you, just the fact that you're answering this question about your best self and productivity, I bet people in your life look at you as the most productive person ever. <laughs> I just know that. I just know that by you asking that question, you already have shit together. Question is like, what's most important right now? And question is, are you able to take care of yourself through that? Because that's what's important. And I'm so glad you have your sister there, you know, that we... That we have our people and we hold them close. I love you. <laughs> I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for asking the important questions and for doing the work. And um, you're doing the best you can. I, that's a really important reminder that whatever you did today, you did the best you can. Like we really, all of us are. I, uh, hmm. I hope we have some good news come next week. Just sitting here the way I am, like <laughs> closing my eyes, like in one week when I get to chat with you on a global scale, I would love some good news. I would love some light brought into all of this darkness. 
And the light is there. It's just hard to see sometimes. So yeah, I love you. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.